0: Hi, we're doing something pretty brave right now, which is that we're recording this episode without looking at each other at all, which might be a first.
1: It honestly might be a first. We are on the platform Zoom. You've heard of it before. And as always, we are having some connectivity problems because that's the way of the world in in our modern technological age. Yeah, forever,
0: forever the challenge um we are here the girls of of spare time to talk to you about a really special episode that we did and loved last year and it's back do you want to tell them what it is Marie
1: I would love to um this is the best of episode so as you all know we always do a best of the month And at the end of the year, we have started a little tradition of doing best of the year in many categories just to share our favorite things that happened in the year of our Lord 2023 as we, you know, continue on quickly into 2024, which is crazy. I feel like it's been January 2024 for like six years already, and it's the fifth.
0: Really? I feel like it's like still
1: 2023. Oh, my God. This week has been... Journal for me oh my god like I don't know work or just like I I think work I mean I like returned to work on Tuesday and I sat down at my computer and I was like I feel like I have amnesia like I cannot remember (laughs) what I was doing before the break and I think that like this is because I have a skill of like compartmentalization and like some might say like a pathological disassociative capacity but like when I'm on vacation and I really like my job right now I'm very fortunate to say but when I'm on vacation it's basically like I don't have a job at all I'm like I don't I've never seen a laptop I've never used zoom and I don't know what slack is and that's really how I was because my whole team was off so I was really offline and I like got back online on Tuesday and I was like whoa what am I doing so that's
0: amazing, though. Like, that means that you are vacationing correctly from your I was
1: job. I was really I did it. I think my, my job during the break was read books.
0: That's it. That
1: was my and whole you job. You did an amazing job. Thank Marie, you.
0: Congratulations on hitting your goal.
1: Thank you so much. There were some fans out there who were pretty worried about me and I want to let them know I did it. Who do you think was your biggest doubter? Oh. <sighs> biggest doubter I mean I don't think that they were doubters but I know that like there was some anxiety and I was kind of doing this on purpose like when I was posting a couple days before being like not quite there yet but like here's book number 98 like Hannah's friend group chat was like I'm so anxious that Marie's not gonna make her goal and I was like don't worry girls you're I'll like get hey, there.
0: babes um <laughs> you must not really know me that well <laughs> I'll they, do anything
1: I'll do anything to um, win at my own challenge, and so I did. Of course, You're a crazy I never girl. Told you for a second, thank you. Um, okay, okay, so well, this
0: is a quick episode. It's a quick episode. Or we do many categories.
1: It should bees, be, but but it should bees, but we, you know. You never know with us. We never know either.
0: Oh, we never know. This is a little bonus content for you guys. Thanks for spending 2023 with us. Yes. spare time. In your spare time. In your
1: spare time, our spare time, all the time spent sparely together. We love to see it. Amazing. Um, Do you want to kick us off, Alisa?
0: Yeah. Just a quick preview. So this is our best of episode. So we will be going through best of in a number of categories. And honestly, uh, a little live note for ourselves, Marie, here here <laughs> on the pod, you guys, you're going to see how the sausage gets made a little bit. <laughs> um, I feel like for next year, we should do all of the news categories in here.
1: Oh, good idea. We absolutely should.
0: OK, out, that down. if you're listening,
1: remind us in um, in December to do that next year. Yeah, please. Thank you so much.
0: Um, <laughs> Yes, we have a million categories and let's go ahead and get into it. This is a very, very, very hard thing because I also have a little bit of like annual amnesia where oh. I'm like, OK, well, the year's over. So I don't remember anything. So I'm it's, sure some of these are actually yeah. correct. But... For sure.
1: It's hard for me to remember the beginning of last year. That's not possible. Totally. I I also was really relying on my camera roll and my external brain hard drive, Hannah Bristol, for some of these categories.
0: Yeah, completely critical. All right, let's get into it, Marie. What was your best movie of twenty twenty
1: three? Um, I will preface this by saying that I didn't watch that many movies in twenty twenty three, and I didn't like love any movies in the way that I wanted to. I think like I watched okay. Especially towards the end of the year, I was watching a lot of movies. But I think that my favorite movie that I watched is Theater Camp. I have to I have to oh come right God. out and say it. Um, that song really <laughs> lives in my in Camp my Camp is home. But it but is it kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so stupid and beautiful. And like if you did theater in any phase of your life, you must watch it. It's so silly. And it made me like Ben Platt, which is new.
0: I know I'm I'm happy for you thank Um, you I as a person I think I've already literally said the same sentence on this podcast but as a person that went to theater camp for many years Mm -hmm. felt so seen and carried by this movie it's so fun it's, it's hilarious. so
1: funny yeah it's weird but what I, love I it. loved
0: about it is like all of the like little moments like all of the like kids expressions or just yes. like these little thrown in things that you're like if you get it you get it and you
1: get it so hard so good the kid acting is really fun too I feel like I haven't seen like elementary school kid actors that made me laugh so much since like school of rock I literally was just <laughs> gonna say
0: it's giving school of rock so yes. if you two were obsessed with the kids in the school of rock this is the
1: movie for you Go ahead and watch it. It's on Hulu. It's a streaming. It's a streamer. You can watch it's on it on a the streamer.
0: Internet. Love it. Um, my favorite movie of the year. Have you watched it? No. Uh, oh my god, you're gonna love it. You have to see it. I know um, it's
1: high on my list.
0: It's past lives. I think it's gonna win some awards. It's, it's gonna win some so, awards. So so gorgeous and moving and i thought it was really beautiful i loved the acting i loved everything about it um it's it's basically a story about friendship sliding doors how our relationships to each other ebb and flow as we age as like life moves in you know like the factors mm-hmm. of life and it's so stunning and it's also an immigrant story in the sense that it features Korean American actors and, and people in the story. And it's kind of set between the U S and Korea in a way. And it's one of those movies where like, you really can't be on your phone because they're actually speaking in Korean for a lot of the film. And so I think that's also something really nice about it where it's like, it really demands your attention. And it's also a very, subtle movie like a lot of the action and a lot of the um communication happens non-verbally so like you just really have to be paying attention and I like that
1: yeah that's nice I'm really looking forward to seeing it and part of the reason that I haven't watched it is because I have not felt like that attentive in front of the television lately
0: well you said you have nothing going on this weekend kind of so maybe it's the time maybe
1: it's time
0: it's so beautiful I loved it so much.
1: I can't wait to see it. I've been making my way through the would-be Oscar nominees for Best Picture.
0: I can't wait to watch them all. Um, thankfully, we've already watched Oppenheimer. Although I think I'll probably be watching it again because Erica wants to. Wow! Um, and I thought I loved Oppenheimer. Like I really liked it was too. Really good.
1: It was up there when I was thinking about what my favorite movie of the year was. So even though it was so loud in the movie theater, I thought I was going to die.
0: Yeah, movie theaters these days are loud. Bring your
1: earplugs if you're like me.
0: One other and- quick plug. Um, Today is Friday, January 5th, the day of this recording, which means that Good Grief by Dan Levy is out on Netflix, oh, which I can oh watch. I'll be
1: watching that this weekend.
0: I'll be crying and crying.
1: And soon we'll have Mean Girls. We need to make a plan to go see that. Mean
0: Girls is out, babe. Can I thought I it came out today? on January 12th. I think it's out.
1: Mm, I'm going to fact check you because yeah, I looked at wrong. this yesterday.
0: But I... I- <laughs> I feel like I was gonna go today. Oh, Where are you gonna? I could go be with? wrong. I could be wrong. It comes so out on January twelfth. Oh God, sad.
1: I'm glad you didn't go today. That would have been. A I know. I was like, you. I
0: can't wait to go. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on.
1: Um, TV show best of. For me, it was The Last of Us on HBO. Um, the show about the mushrooms. You might remember it. You didn't watch it, I don't yeah. think. Did you?
0: I watched it till the episode, and then I said, I've had
1: enough. Mm, yes, This show is right in my sweet spot, which is a sweet spot. It's a scary sweet spot. Um, mm-hmm. I like things that are disturbing. I like things that are a little bit not like quite like slashery violent, but I like impending doom and peril. Um, and I like beautiful writing and acting and this show has it all. I also like love an apocalypse story. That's you like, really my, I just love it so much. They're really getting me. And I think that this show, I thought the show was gorgeous. It gave me nightmares, which is, uh, rare and impressive. Um, <laughs> and I thought it was really interesting to read the like discourse about the show being based off of a video game and following it. Really faithfully. And I like learned a lot about narrative video games, reading about this show. And um, the show brought Pedro Pascal back into my life, uh, which is important. Um, and I like that. I like him. He's I'm a fan. So I thought it was great. Ooh. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it before. The next season comes out which honestly you probably have a while because nothing is fucking coming quickly these days yeah because of the old the, the old strike that well uh, i'm so the glad timeline. that
0: this really hit for you it yes. was really cool i would say and, and i do love that concept of the narrative video game to tv pipeline mm-hmm. um it was just way too scary for me personally. It's scary it is scary <laughs> But I enjoyed the three
1: episodes that I watched. I'm so glad. Um, your show was not scary. No. Did you watch this? No, I need to watch oh it still. Oh,
0: my God. Our Venn diagram is like so fucked. On yeah, our a tele- we watch really movie. different
1: television. But Jury Duty has been on my list and I just forgot about oh it entirely. So thank you for bringing it back to my attention and sorry for spoiling it. <laughs>
0: It's Jerry Duty, everyone. Um, this show, I, I am the opposite of Marie, where it's like, tell it like movies, I can go dark for sure. TV. I just like want it to be light. I feel like I'm never really, like sitting down to watch a TV show, which I know is kind of dumb because there's a lot of really, beautiful and like meaningful TV, but that's just like not really what I'm looking for when I'm simply watching TV. Um, I want to laugh. I want to not have to pay all that much attention and I want to be happy. And jury duty gave me all three of those. It actually, I was like laughing out loud while watching it so much so that Erica was like, what are you doing? Because I was laughing so much. I just thought it was hilarious, joyful. It gave us, the best of humanity it gave us. It was just like delightful. Honestly, I thought it was really pure and lovely. And I love the concept. Um, Do you know the concept?
1: I know the concept. But can you remind for anyone who may not have seen?
0: Yeah, I don't think this is a spoiler. It's basically that everybody is an actor except for one person. And this one person thinks that they are truly doing a documentary about a real jury and like a real jury duty experience and so they're kind of like you know the butt of the joke but like the way that the show handles it makes it actually feel very like they're they're like the hero not the butt of the joke um it's perfect I think the like cast of characters that they assembled for this is so delightful and silly loved it I have a question for you yep
1: um is Amazon Freevee included in Amazon <laughs> Prime Video? Yeah, I think Amazon Freevee is just straight
0: up free. I think oh, it's like, like YouTube. free
1: TV. Free. Yeah, I think v. it's free. TV. I get it. I'm yeah. picking it up. Okay, got it's it. It's not
0: something I'm familiar with. Um, but it's the only place that you can watch Jury Duty, and you do not have to have a subscription to watch it, which is but honestly great. Everybody music can to watch my it.
1: ears, we love to see it.
0: All right. Moving on to books,
1: perhaps a little
0: bit more climate apocalypse in this category.
1: Sure. There is always climate apocalypse in this category for me if I if I am doing a good job reading. Um, this was a book that I read very, very late in the year. And it what came number was it? Like 98. 90, like seven or eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was Land of Milk and Honey by C. Pam Zhang, which I think I did talk about in the December episode um it is a book about a world in which and i'm um, i don't think this is a spoiler but alisa correct me if i'm wrong basically um the sun becomes obscured by this like permanent smog and so all of the crops in the world die and so it like there's this huge scarcity famine like horrible change to the way that Everybody eats and everybody gets their food. It's a huge crisis. And this main character finds herself in this like strange nation of the hyper wealthy where she is a cook. Um, and that is all I will say. So it has like this that is like no spoilers. This book is everything that I like. It's queer protagonists. It's um apocalypse, as we've discussed. I like that as much in books as I do in movies and TV. Um, and it is food and like really like delicious sensory descriptions of food and also describing things that are not food in a food like way, which I think is rarely done well. And it's done very, very well in this book. I loved.
0: I'm so glad. I really liked this book, too. Um, it was a a very high read for me, which is, as we discussed, unusual.
1: Yes, our Venn diagram. We love to see. We love to see her Venn diagramming.
0: So is your runner-up. That was also a really like, top. Oh, so 10 good. Book for yes,
1: me. another weirdo queer book, Big Swiss by Jen Beagan. Um, this book is about. I don't even like know where what to say. This book is about a woman <laughs> who is a transcriptionist for a therapist, and she becomes obsessed with one of her boss's clients. Um, and it is a weirdo, like wacky story that I just fucking loved. Like it just hit me in all of the right spots. And for so I like I, I when I read it, I was like, Oh, I loved that. But sometimes I love a book and give it five stars and it doesn't really like stick with me and I never really know what will. And this one really did. I would like to read it again immediately.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was like silly and weird and I've been thinking about it all year. And I feel like I read it in like April.
1: Yes, me too.
0: Yay. We love the same books this year. Huge. Um, My favorite books. I don't think you've read either of them
1: yet. No, I haven't. I'm waiting for Tom. Oh, keep spoiling your categories. (laughs) I'll say that after you you say it. Yes.
0: Um, The Rabbit Hutch by Tess Gundy, which I think I read in like January or February in the beginning of the year. I really... I really, really loved it. And I was really surprised that I even read this book. And then the fact that I even loved it, it's, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but like, I think I'm kind of like evolving my interests in terms of reading my goal for this year. Also, if you go back to our episode, you'll hear, I I've been reading a lot of books, but I feel like I haven't really been understanding over the like 21, 22, like what books I actually wanted to, like what books would, really resonate with me and like equal Mm -hmm. a high rating for me personally. Like I was, I needed to like uh, re get to know my taste. And I feel like this year my goal was to read more five-star books or just like higher rated books. Cause I, I felt like I was just kind of like hitting a three a lot. And Mm -hmm. I was like, it's cool to read a book, but it's like, if you don't, if you feel like whatever about it, which to me is a three, then it's like, was it really like worth reading? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of like went outside of the lines of what I had been reading previously this year and and that definitely landed um for sure. I think I'm like unfortunately um there's only so much like romance or thriller like like books that feel formulaic. Right. Like there's only so many of those that I can actually read. Like I I do want books to make me think. I want mm-hmm. books to like challenge me. I want to learn something new. I want to kind of like be curious or delighted or whatever it is, which is like generally those books are actually probably going to be more of the literary fiction, which I kind of was like, I'm not a literary fiction reader. And like, I think I might be.
1: I know. I'm like, Um, welcome. I know you're this is (laughs) you're you're right along alongside the National Book Award judges for this one. I know,
0: which is like, again, I really identified as a different type of reader, but I think that's actually probably more correct. And you know what? It makes sense. Like I'm I think a pretty like smart and thoughtful and engaged person generally in like the type of culture and media that I like. So why wouldn't it be true for books? But I still love like a silly kind of like romp of a book where like I might know what happens, but I do feel like the the um kind of like payoff feels a little different for me. Like I do mm. want to be like thinking about a book after I read it or I want to feel like something changed within me a- after I read something, you know?
1: Yes, I totally do. So these totally two books, do. I do
0: think that happened. The Rabbit Hutch really like rearranged my brain and really made me think about a lot of things. I think the big thing about it is that it's it's essentially about like four teenagers that have aged out of the foster system, um, living in this apartment building, this kind of like run down apartment building in the post-industrial Midwest. It's like a town where um, the auto industry was was huge and, you know, it's kind of shut down and, and like the ripple effects of all of that in their life and specifically in their like community in this apartment. I think what I loved about this was that it really like put me in the zone of something that I think about very little, which is like mm. youth in the foster system in the Midwest in a yeah. like dying town, like none of those things are my reality. And so I loved, I just loved the book and I loved the story, but I think that's like what ultimately resonated with me, which I think like demon Copperhead is a big book this year. And, and again, I think those are like really different books. I haven't read it yet, but like, mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people are connecting with that book. Cause they're like, yeah. oh, wow, this like story is so impactful. And it's like really making me think about all these things that are like different from me but are, that are really culturally and generally important for me to be considering
1: yeah I totally agree I'm gonna read it I am declaring bankruptcy on all my library books from last year today I'm returning everything congratulations um, it's gonna be so freeing and then I'm gonna tackle some of the books that have been on my bedside table since February um, you know what though?
0: like who cares? It's like those who books cares? are there. Like, like I'm proud of you and I'm excited for you, but I think the TBR it's like, it's so fun to be like, I have this like huge collection of things that I can't
1: wait to engage with.
0: That's fun. Yeah.
1: And one of my goals for this year is to try and care a little bit less about like reading everything, like right when it's sexy. Um, Like, I feel like I've had a lot of like, not anxiety, but like, I, I like to be current with books that are coming out and that's not going to change, but I feel like Things that like once they've gone a little stale in terms of like their zeitgeistiness, I feel less interested in reading them. And that is dumb. So I'm going to try and like combat some of that this year um, and read some really good books from the past couple of years that I just didn't get to in time. And I'm really excited to I'm waiting for Tom Lake from uh, Libby because I want to listen to Meryl Streep. Read oh, the audiobook yes.
0: Okay, so my runner up is Tom Lake um, and it's by Ann Patchett, honestly, an author that like generally really hits for me.
1: Um, Yeah, she's so good.
0: What is your personal stance on like reading all of the books that an author writes? Like because I feel like some people are like, I don't need to do that. But I'm kind of like if I like the author, I'm probably going to like their their new books. Yeah, other books.
1: I like to read everything by an author. I've never I have a lot of friends who will do like a project. For a year that's like reading everything in one year which I think is really really interesting especially and like most of the people who do that are writers I think it's a really interesting thing to do like when you're trying to write like if there's somebody who you really like want to embody or who really inspires you like I know a lot of people who have done that with um Tony Morrison's books mm-hmm. um. And I, that's a project that I'm always kind of like, oh, maybe this year. But I think like Anne Patchett has so many good books and she's been writing bangers for a long, long time. Um, and there are a few that I haven't read forever. Like I just checked out Bell Canto from the library. Oh my God, I
0: haven't read that either. And I'm staring at Commonwealth on my shelf.
1: I, I I, oh, I love Commonwealth. Read that either. It's good. Bell Canto is also really good, but I probably read it like. I think my mom was reading it for her book club, like when it came out and I, she was like, Oh, you have to read this. It's so good. Let me look up when it came out. That's too um, cute. 2001. So I probably read oh. it in like, in like middle school. <laughs> so I'm ready to read so you're it. Like, I could probably adult. revisit. Uh-huh. It's uh, time. Um,
0: yeah. I love that. So Tom Lake, I think is a little bit more, um, contemporary than, than some of her other books that I have read. Um, it's so gorgeous. It's essentially like, I mean, actually I won't go into the themes. I'll just tell mm-hmm. you it's, um, it's a mom. It's it's actually a pandemic novel, but like not really in an intense way. Uh, two parents and their three kids have come back to their cherry farm in Michigan. I mean, I can't dream of a better setting, mm-hmm. um, during the pandemic and they're all kind of there. And as they're going out into the fields, picking cherries, because all of the workers are not with them. So they all have to kind of come together and like, you know, do the work of pruning the fields and, and all of that. Um, their mother is telling them the story of her youth. And when she was in, um, a theater group and dated someone who is now known as like a very famous actor, like, like thinking like George Clooney vibes. Like Mm. she dated George Clooney for a summer when they were, you know, in this theater group and she's telling that story to her family. And it's so beautiful. Like, it's just a beautiful family story, but it's also just like the setting is so luscious. And it's also kind of giving, like, I I couldn't stop thinking about mama Mia because Meryl Streep does narrate the audio. And I was just thinking about like when they kind of like dress up and like, you know, just like flounce about their little house in Greece like that's what I was imagining and it was perfect I love that I love that yeah um, really good
1: I can't wait to read it it's like on super mega back order from Libby forever because everyone wants to listen to Meryl of course um, but eventually I'll get there Um. okay getting into the music category absolutely let's let's chug right along let's chug right along Alisa what was your album of the year
0: My album of the year, you heard it last or whenever we did Spotify. It was Girl of My Dreams by Fletcher. I loved this album. It did not come out in 2023, but I really became acquainted with it in 2023. And I just love it. I feel like I haven't really listened to that many queer artists like in, in kind of this like deep dive, like, let me really like get to know your story way outside of Brandy Carlisle, which you all know about. Like, and so I think for me, it was just this journey of being like, okay, I am now like a queer person. And so mm. where is that? Where am I like seeing myself or where am I kind of like engaging with other people who are part of this experience? And like girl of my dreams just like hit so hard for me this year. I loved it. Mm. I love Fletcher. I love her new single, Heirs of Us. Me too. For the album. I just love her. And yeah, I love her so much. It was really good. My runner ups were the same as Marie. I will not spoil them, but (laughs) those were so high on my list. Um, I also really, I mean, I think along with every other white person in America, Stick Season, (laughs) Will All Be Here Forever by Noah Kahn has been just on permanent repeat in my house. I think he has a really beautiful way of just like putting words to, the experience of being a person that has lived in the Northeast, which we have talked about. Um, And then I think one we haven't really talked about is the sun by Joseph. Mm -hmm. Um, Those girls can do no wrong. And I love this album. And it's kind of about like, it's there's a lot of like mental health themes and a lot of just kind of like believe in yourself. Like I think two out of three of them went through like long-term relationships ending and kind of like the, the aftermath of that. And so it's kind of a, I mean, the even the name, The Sun, it's like about new beginnings and kind of finding that light within yourself, which was very uplifting and, and personally really resonated with me this year.
1: Yeah, I really loved that album, especially after seeing them perform it live. They're so yeah, special really to see together. live. They're going on tour shortly. So if Joseph comes to your city, you have to go. That's the law of the spare time podcast.
0: Thank God. I'll literally
1: never miss them. No, ever. they're so good live. And I will say like to your Fletcher point, there is a lot of music like Fletcher and like my album of the year. Actually, two of my two of my albums here. My my favorite album of the year was the record by Boy Genius, like many people. Um, and one of my runner ups is Snow Angel by Renee Rapp. Um And just thinking about, like, queerness and, like, all of this amazing pop music and alternative rock music and indie music that's being made by queer women and non-binary people and femmes that is, like, so extraordinarily unequivocally queer. Like, Fletcher is, like, a perfect example of that. And I can't – I always think about, like, what it would have been like to hear those songs in, like – Junior high, or in middle school, and to be like like the ways that my life and my journey into my own queerness would have been different. Um, and I just feel so ha- it makes me feel so happy for the little youth that are like ex- just being exposed passively to this music, and like that there's so much of it, and that it's all so like beautiful and multidimensional. Um, it just makes me really happy, and so these are three albums that do that for sure. Um, and another album on my runner-up list is Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. Obviously, like everyone else, I love this album. I think it's such an amazing sophomore release from her. I love to see the growth. I love All-American Bitch with all my heart and every fiber of my being. I'm um, hey, like,
0: is that my song of the year? <laughs> it's so good.
1: I cannot get enough of it. It's so fucking good.
0: Yeah, she killed it. I can't wait. I can't wait for all these people Hopefully to win Grammys. I know.
1: Whatever. Do people
0: even care about the Grammys? I don't know.
1: I wish I didn't care, but I love when my faves win. I know. It's cute.
0: Um, Okay. First song. um, I would say in this current moment in time, um, like December 2023, the wedding song by Renee Rapp from Snow Angel really became the song of the year. I think Mm -hmm. after Maria and I saw her, her, I was like transfic by that performance and she has an unbelievable voice like she's she's got she's a, crazy. a lifelong career
1: yeah
0: um also the tree by Marin Morris for the vibe like that's like my 23 entering 24 vibe big time mm. um and I really can't wait for the album that's gonna follow Ugh, It's gonna be so, so good. I just like I, I love putting that song on and being like, fuck yeah, like this is the message. (laughs) Um, But if I'm being really real, I think that the true song of the year for me was True Blue by Boy Genius Mm -hmm. from the record. I think it's one of the most gorgeous songs on earth. And I think there's a lot of things that like make, like I feel very personally connected to that song. There's a lot of lines that I'm like, oh God, like that's me. Like that is Mm -hmm. me. And like, I think for me personally, like one of the things that I value most is feeling really known, like just people engaging with me in a way that makes me feel like, oh, you, you were expecting me, or like you love me, or you were thinking about me, and like this song does kind of capture that, and so I love it.
1: I love that song so much, honestly. Lucy Dacus, this is not the year of Lucy Dacus for me because the year of Lucy Dacus was twenty twenty one or two when I saw her like twelve times, yeah, um, in she concert was so by good. accident. Um, But she like all of her songs for Boy Genius, uh, every all of her like little verses. And even just when she has like one little line, like I feel like her voice is I have full piercing. body chills like she's Me just too. getting better and better and better. <laughs> and I'm like, I cannot fucking wait for her next album. She's so fucking good. When um, she
0: sings, you say you're a winter bitch, but summer's in oof. your blood. You can't help but become the sun every time. I'm like, fuck
1: <laughs> you're like, like, God damn it. Um, yeah, so she's good. perfect. Um, I love her more than words can say. My favorite song this year is not strong enough by Boy Genius. I think this yeah. is a perfect song. There are no notes. Year of the boys. When it came out, I was like, we can we can wrap it up right here. Like we're done. This is a perfect song. It responds to one of my other all-time favorite songs, Strong Enough by Cheryl Crow. Um, it's like the ultimate driving down a highway with the windows down song and it's like the per- i think it just like epitomizes the the like this new era of boy genius and like the joyfulness and like friendship queerness rock star energy that they have so it's perfect um i do want to shout out to an album of 2023 and a song that um, has come to my attention recently in its whole form. Um, the, the The album is called The Rise and Fall of a Midfe- Midwest Princess by Chappelle Roan. Um, Spotify has been trying to get me to listen to Chappelle Roan all year long, and finally I acquiesced and I was like, damn, why did I wait so long? I know,
0: it's um, so
1: good. It's so good. This album is really fun, and it opens with a track called Feminine Omenon, which is it's like that is the vibe that I want for my life all the time. Like it's like a perfect party, like fun, silly, drunk on champagne energy. So if you need a pick me up, you should listen to Feminine phenomenon right now. It's
0: so good. I was listening to like a random playlist yesterday and I think my kink is
1: karma came mm-hmm. on. And I was just
0: like, what is this?
1: It's so good. The one song on this album that I hate is Pink Pony Club. Mm. and that is the one that spotify tried to get me to listen to the most and i was i'm hannah has a joke that like every time it would come on and i would be like what the fuck is this song i hate this (laughs) song um but another one that your spotify algorithm has probably also fed you is red wine supernova which is so good yes it really is um okay the next and final music category is best concert of the year it sure is why don't you start You've got the you've got the the universal the obvious winner. one,
0: yeah. I mean, it was the Eras tour. Like, I think that I went to a lot of really amazing concerts this year, and like, there there were like really some contenders. But at the end of the day, like, there will never be another concert like the Eras tour that I will attend probably. And I think it was just like the full experience, and it was incredible, and it it made me into swifty because going in I was not and so that is something I'd like to acknowledge and (laughs) now I have nothing but respect for my girl it was crazy I loved it it was so good it's just like
1: impressive completely I was like so
0: dead after that and I can't believe it
1: yeah I just can't believe that she's astonishing and she's still fucking doing it I'm like babe
0: (laughs) it's so crazy um but it was it's just like a feat. And it's yeah. also really, really moving to be at a concert that like literally like hundred, not hundreds, but tens of thousands of people are so excited to be at and also know every single word. And so do you.
1: Yeah. And like, I feel like it's one of the concerts that I've the it has the biggest age range of fans yeah. that I've ever seen. Like you see like a mom and a, like an eight year old or even like an eight-year-old and a young mom and a grandma. And you're like, I actually don't know which one of these people is the Swifty. Like, I don't know know. who brought, who brought everyone else to this concert. So it's cool. It's, I mean, it's a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. It was
0: totally delightful. And I loved being there with you and Hannah and Mike and Alex. Like that was, that was the crew that it needed to be. And it was, and that was perfect.
1: And Erica. (laughs) Yeah. Implied. (laughs) Um, i have a couple of different options i think that for me the boy genius show was really spectacular i've been wanting to see them forever i had really like great seats by accident because it was like a ga pavilion event um and as you all have heard here this is like my they're like my favorite band so i was like freaking the fuck out um i also it The first time I saw Phoebe Bridgers um, was also this year at the Taylor Swift Airs Tour when she opened for Taylor. And when she strummed the opening chords of um, Motion Sickness, I started sobbing. So that's where I'm at with the boys. Um, But I have to I think that my all time favorite was the Muna set from All Things Go. Like that is just like the perfect like reason that I go to a concert like spirit. It had like the like spiritual energy to it like totally We're all outside it was beautiful the moon was rising everyone was happy we were like packed in but it felt really like safe and like joyful and they were so excited to headline the all things go festival and it was just like one of those things that I was like oh my god this is why we go to so many concerts like we're chasing this feeling um so that was an all-time high for the year for sure
0: it was so good. We were really blessed to see Muna a number of
1: times this year. Oh, they're so good live. It's so crazy. Do you so think they're release a new album? They're working on it this year.
0: Thank God. Um, I'm ready.
1: I'm so ready. Did you watch their like little dump that they posted from the year?
0: No, they're
1: such fucking weirdos. I love them so much. Go to their Instagram. I'm going to send it to you. But if you're listening to this, go to their Instagram and go to their like 2023 posts. And there are a few like weirdo little videos that I was just like laughing out loud because they are such unhinged little freaks. And I just could not love them more.
0: You know what it is? The boys and Muna are all actually really good friends yes and it really translates yes and i'm like that's why the music is so fucking
1: good and it's the same with like joseph and it's the same with any like sibling group it's the same with like brandy carlisle's band when you see them live like they wait you
0: guys love each other you you love love each other
1: right and it like does really translate so that's the common thread we love it love it
0: honestly a great year for music great Um, year for
1: music. we went to so many concerts i didn't even tally them up
0: me either. I'm, I'm a like, little afraid about it. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. I I yeah. loved everything that I saw. Um, okay, moving on to food. food meals. Meals. What was your best meal of the year? This is an um, impossible
1: question. It's so hard. Um, I feel like I ate a lot of good stuff this year. I actually just like went into my camera roll and searched food 2023. Oh, that's like <laughs> scrolling really through everything. Um. And I do think that I have to, like, toot my own horn a little bit and say that my best meal of the year was my Lunar New Year's dinner party last year. Thank you. It's just, like, the food is so good. Um, Not, like, my food in particular, but just, like, the types of food. Most I mostly make Chinese food for Lunar New Year. It's just, like, so fun to make, and it's, like, really enjoyable to share with people. So, like, just for a little a little rundown. We did a spicy cucumber and garlic salad. Um, I did soy braised chicken wings, um, baby bok choy with mushrooms, a whole red snapper, um, shrimp and sugar snap peas. And I think there were noodles that I must not have taken a picture of, um, which is like one of the things you're supposed to eat noodles for like a long time life longevity noodles um and then we had like a big fruit plate which is fun um and it was just like a really joyful dinner i love to have a dinner party in the winter it feels so cozy it's cute um and that's just like one of my favorite little traditions so that that takes the cake this year i love it
0: that's so fun too because i feel like not a lot of people are out here doing a lunar new year
1: party but they should they really should. I mean, not a lot of white people, that's for sure. <laughs> I always kind of feel like you know, I want to I want to do it justice and I want to do do it right. And it's so interesting every year when I look into like what I want to make because all of the different cultures that celebrate Lunar New Year really have like different food traditions and like all of the food is really like metaphorical in a way that speaks to my poetry heart. So, it's really I mean, it's really fun. I think if you like to eat Chinese food or Vietnamese food or like Asian food in general like I really recommend just giving it a shot. It's so fun. I love I love that. Um Uh-oh. my
0: best of the year was a meal out. Um again, I had so many great meals, so I think this is probably just one of, but um I went to Sofra in Boston, which is sorry, I went to Sarma in Boston. LOL. I need to see. we ended up sitting at the bar and it was still perfect and still one of the best meals. Like I've had in recent memory and there's something really special about that. When you like identify as having a specific like opinion or really liking something at like a different time in your life. And then that thread continues to Mm -hmm. kind of weave its way through. So it was like nostalgic in that sense, the food itself is just like perfect. And then We had an amazing experience at the bar like we had it was probably like my most memorable service experience, which is something that I think about a lot, pay attention to a lot. It's like a lot of what I do professionally. So it was just really, really memorable. And shout out to Dougie. I still remember his name because Mm -hmm. it was like so perfect. And um, I just had the best time. And it was one of those dinners where you're just like sitting, gabbing, eating small plates for like four hours and i love
1: that that's the best kind of dinner there is period it's my favorite
0: yep mm. so that was really delightful um moving on to breakfast
1: yes breakfast um i am going to go on the record here we did a bagel tasting I was just taste test say. um a while ago that I actually don't ever know if did it make it to the airwaves? The bagels. I don't think test? it
0: did. I think the I think the drafts are in the drafts.
1: The drafts are in the drafts. The drafts are drafting. Um so which maybe is honestly
0: for the best for maybe you. It,
1: yeah, it is. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe it'll make it to the airwaves in 2024. Um, but and I did say that I thought bagels, etc., was only the number two ranked bagel in Washington, DC. And I'm gonna go on the record here and say that I was very wrong about that. Bagels, etc. is the best bagel in Washington, DC. And I do maintain that it is one of the best bagels, period. I think it is perfect. Um, here are some reasons why. It's chewy, it's doughy, it is three dollars. That's what a bagel should cost. Yeah, absolutely. All these bagel sandwiches out here being like $13. I'm like, absolutely not. That's a crime against humanity. And they also are too big, like a bagel's, etc. Bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich is a normal amount of food for a very reasonable price. And it's so tasty. Um, I really became a bagels, et cetera, girly this year. Um, We have been going to Quaker meeting a little bit on Sundays, which I'll talk about later. And big part of the Sunday tradition is to go to bagels, et cetera, after, which is honestly what gets me out of bed. Um, And I love a tradition, as you know, but I really I feel like this deserves a, a spot on the list because It is now an important part of my breakfast life in Washington, D.C. I'm
0: so happy to hear it. So good. It is cash only, though. So if you are raring to go, just make sure you have, you know, three dollars in cash.
1: Yes, there is an ATM in the in the establishment, should you forget, which I have done many times. Love that. Yeah. What about you? Well, bagels, et cetera, is delish.
0: Mine is the brown butter corn cake at Radio Bakery in NYC, which I believe was my best of in October or whenever I had it It the first time I've since had it like 14 times it's so (laughs) good it's so good and I think that this year was also kind of the year of me transitioning to like a little bit more of a savory breakfast like this Mm -hmm. is obviously not like it's not like fully savory but like I think I'm I think my morning sweet tooth has kind of uh lessened and like Mm -hmm. I actually I would rather have you know a corn cake that's like kind of riding the line than just like a straight up sweet pastry. Um yeah. so that's just a little commentary on me and my <laughs> tastes. Uh I but love this it. corn cake is so crazy, you have to go get it.
1: I need it so badly. I've been thinking about it since you told us about it in whatever month that was.
0: Yeah. I mean, anything that has like a butter crisped edge, mm-hmm. like I'm in, you know, yeah. and this this has four. So that's really exciting.
1: Yeah. That is thrilling.
0: Um, moving on to lunch. I actually think that my best lunches this year were homemade. Um, for the most part, I, I really got into like the salad game because I think you might be called a
1: salad freak.
0: Yeah. I would call myself a salad freak, um, as a girl making salad freak this week. Um, I feel like historically I've like been really grossed out by my own salads, which I don't totally understand why, but I think it's like salads are kind of an art. Like you can't just throw a bunch of random shit in a bowl. Like it's not going to be good. You really have to think about it. And the two that really hit for me consistently, I made both of these at least a hundred times. It feels like the first is really thinly sliced fennel, white beans, olives, usually like a Castle Trevano, like a green olive pecorino, sunflower seed, apple. That's kind of like the base. And then maybe you add in like a little celery or like a few other things that like go with that. That with like lemon juice, salt, pepper, olive oil is so good. So refreshing, so perfect. I ate that so many times. Great picnic food. Like when when it's warm, like bring it to the park, eat it there, get a crusty baguette and eat Eh. the salad and you'll be so happy. And I was so happy many times here. And then- there's this other salad that I know I've talked about here too. The Cindy's Kitchen Sesame Ginger Dressing, which you can buy at most grocery stores, like like the Giants, Safeways, the Whole Foods, like most of them carry Cindy's Kitchen. This dressing is awesome. And it's one of those mm. dressings that like you actually probably can't make a dressing that's going to taste this good because it has like 40 ingredients in it. And they're all like good stuff. It's like Almond butter, scallions, ginger, like whatever. It just would be like such an undertaking to make this. Mm. It's a perfect texture. It's like creamy. I think it doesn't have oil in it, which I don't understand. I mean, it does Whoa. in the sense that it has like almond butter in it. But mm-hmm. um, it's just like a really, really creamy dressing that's like dairy free. So that's kind of nice if you're in that vibe. Um, but I like to do this generally with like sweet potato, cucumber, citrus, like, like an orange you know, slice in there is really nice. Peanuts, lettuce, salmon, like whatever. Any sort of like Asian-y vegetables or Asian-y salad, like cabbage. Mm. So good. Um, These just like hit over and over again and made my desk lunch or like work lunch break, like happy, especially during cold months. Like these are, all of these things are generally in season um, year round or especially peaking in winter. So like these are good winter salads to brighten it up.
1: I want to eat both of those salads instantly, right yeah, away. Really good. God damn, I'm hungry, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um for me, it's a lunch that I talked about a couple times on the podcast, I believe, um from a place called Cart Driver in Denver. It was so nice, I had it twice. It's just like absolutely immaculate vibes, like sourdough, pizza and flatbreads with like olive spread oysters pizza charcuterie and like they have like a seafood conserva antipasto um that is like you choose your own choose whatever from a variety of delicious tinned fish this is where we discovered the um juniper trout from Mm, i can't remember what it's called right now but i'll remember it later and put it in the show notes um so it was just like this the trout this they're like black olive butter which like i need to recreate cuz it was so fucking good and then this like sambal sauce um relish lemons and hot flatbread and it's just like period So good. so period. good like vacation lunch like in the middle of the day at a restaurant oh, too like really yeah, hits t- different 2pm mm-hmm, that's right um so that so was my good. best lunch i have an honorable mention which is eating at sofra um sister restaurant to sharma to sarma in boston or in cambridge with friend of the pod sophia we had like an impromptu little lunch where we just kind of like ordered a million things and everything there is so good if you need to like stop in and get a treat or if you need to have a meal like absolutely go there um i can't even we ordered like it was like classic sophie fashion like i was like i don't really know what i want and she was like okay cool i'll just order us some stuff and she ordered like th- 36 things yeah. um and they were all just like the perfect bite um i also had a perfect turkey sandwich from our corner store bodega like mid march on a picnic blanket in the park like toasted white bread turkey cheddar cheese lettuce tomato mayonnaise and that was religious oh so I'd good love to hear that Sometimes a, a turkey sandwich on white bread like really hits. And that was one Beyond. of those times.
0: I'm so happy for you. That's really nice. So we both Thank had you. a little picnic moment. And you know, my dinner at Sarma was with Sophie. So shout out Sophie. Oh,
1: shout out, Queen. Welcome um, to the best We love of the to year. dine with you. We really do.
0: Okay. So for dinner, um, my top, I think, because I just really can't stop thinking about this. And I did have it like four times, which for me is always an indicator that like mm-hmm. it's good. Um, is the Kowloon Fried Cauliflower at Little Donkey in Boston. It's just like, I find it really hard at home to get the texture of cauliflower that I want if I'm battering it. Like, I feel like it always just gets gross or it's like, it's just not quite right. Um, And this is like really crispy shell, really delicious sauce, mm. perfect. And I, I mean, I... I could eat this and I would eat this every single day if I lived next to this establishment.
1: Oh, I want to try it. I need to go there. Yeah. We love Boston food, turns out.
0: I think Boston has good food. I think like people that live there don't think that, but I I like it. Yeah.
1: You want what you can't have. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, My best of the year was a Miami meal that I had. Um there is a restaurant called Walrus Rodeo um which is quite quite good. I think I may have mentioned Boya Day which is their first restaurant um either last year or the year before as one of my favorite meals. Um but this place is just like kind of a perfect like Italian-ish like pizzeria slash like interesting little dishes energy. And the two dishes that have stuck with me, they have these char broiled oysters um, with like jalapeno and breadcrumbs and cheese that are so, so good. Like I don't usually love a cooked oyster, but they have like they cook them at yeah. the piece. They cook everything in the pizza oven. Um, and it was crazy. So good. They also have one of their like most popular dishes, which I feel like you would love, is a carrot tartare. Um, so it's just like really thinly sliced, big carrots with this amazing um, carrot top salsa verde and like a mustard dressing it's so perfect they also had this Yum. like um carbonara quote-unquote that was like it was a cat well it was the sauce is carbonara but it was like a cabbage carbonara so it was like really thinly sliced like long strips of cabbage to be like the noodles with like pancetta and pecorino and this like amazing super funky sauce um and it was just like a really good I think the menu, like the menu has a lot of interesting concepts on it. And it was like a really fun and good dinner. The vibes there are awesome. So if you're in Miami, you should definitely make the truck to Walrus this menu
0: sounds perfect.
1: You would really like this place. You would really like it.
0: We'll go when we go to Miami. Yeah, I love everything I'm hearing. I can't wait. Yay. Um, and finally, um, our
1: favorite category, dessert. Absolutely. Um, I'll go first. Cause mine's a no brainer. The okay. crème brûlée from Le Dip period. It's so good. I actually started the year with this dessert. Hannah and I went to dinner at Le Dip on New Year's day, oh my 2023. God, um, and Ew. then we had it close to the end of the year after our engagement, the four of us, you, me, Hannah and Erica. And I think that, that this so is, nice. this is the dessert that rewired my brain and made me realize that I am a vanilla, Early in many instances like I'm gravitating towards a vanilla dessert more than a chocolate dessert these days and it is th- thanks to creme brulee because I just can't imagine anything more delicious so that's that's my yeah. news
0: I love that creme brulee is so good it's fucking so good,
1: good. <laughs> it's and so that one good. in
0: particular
1: so crackly so creamy oh so beanie
0: I want it right now yeah I want it right now <laughs> um, my top is two um frozen confections. The first is the three citrus sorbet at Weckerly's in Philadelphia. Um, uh, it was lime, lemon, and orange. And as a sorbet girly and as a citrus girly, I was just like, this is so good. I love it. I think I had it in like January. I've been thinking about it since. Um, and then the hot fudge Sunday at Hillstone in New York City, it is so fun. They bring you the hot fudge in a gravy boat. Oh, and I it's need just it. like giant scoops of vanilla ice cream, and then you pour the hot fudge on, and it's just like such a fucking vibe. And I love that. And That's honestly, so fun. like I think we've talked about this at nauseam, but like, where are the hot fudge Sunday on ice cream or where are the hot fudge Sundays on restaurant menus? Like, why can't I go to a dinner and then have a really fucking fun hot fudge Sunday it's I'm like, you guys, what are you doing?
1: yeah I I think that a hot fudge I mean we've talked about this as you said, why are there not more hot fudge Sundays? It's all anyone ever wants even if they don't know that they want it they want it like if you are if you serve ha- do the experiment, have someone over for dinner and then surprise them when dessert comes and say we're having hot fudge Sundays. there is not a single person of a woman born who will not be so excited about that. Um, and I think that the hot like tableside hot fudge service is chic. So chic. I love that so much. Yeah, I'm obsessed.
0: Um, so yeah, that was the vibe. And honestly, I wish for all of us more hot fudge Sundays in 2024.
1: Oh, amen, sister.
0: Thank you. Okay, moving on to kind of like our final category of random
1: stuff. Yes, random stuff. Everyone's Shall favorite category. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: What is your favorite purchase of the year 2023?
1: Um, So this is sort of a cop out because it's not an item. Um, That's okay. But we started at this year a weekly compost pickup service. Um, We used to take our compost. There's like a community garden kind of like three or four blocks away that we we like joined and you can take your compost there. But it was like always kind of like a You know, nobody want. I never wanted to do it. Hannah never wanted to do it. Like it's like a shitty chore to like walk there, especially in the winter.
0: Yeah, as a girl that takes her compost to the farmers market, it's hell. So I get it. It's (laughs)
1: hell, and we were generating too much compost. Like it was just like taking up so much space. And so finally, we were like, we're gonna just pay for this. Um, and so we have a service that comes to our house every Thursday morning at like six a.m. and takes our. They brought us a little bin that's just basically like a mini version of a giant outdoor trash can um and they pick it up and they bring it back clean and it is so fucking joyful um and we and they tell you how much you've composted guess how many pounds we of compost we generated in 2023 I'm scared um just guess 200 451 <gasps> pounds oh. <laughs> It's a, such a crazy number and they wow. do like a service we don't have a garden but like you can get your compost back basically like as dirt um so like we got a bunch of bags of dirt and took them to Anna's parents garden um it just like makes me feel really happy to know that that food is not going into a landfill it's like 16 dollars a week I love it so much so if you're thinking about composting do it if you live in a city that has municipal compost I'm very jealous of you um, but there are lots of, I think this one's called compost cab and it's very mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. is it called compost cab? I can't remember, yeah, that, but it's, that is one of them. it's very like communal. So like the more people who use it in your neighborhood, the cheaper it gets for everyone. So like they lower oh, the I price, love. like if you get your neighbors to do it basically. So it's a very, like, it's just like good vibes and I love it. Um, and they never get that mad at us when we forget to put our compost out, which we haven't done in a while, but it's, it's really like one of the things that I'm like, wow, this is worth spending every penny on.
0: Oh, that's so
1: great. That's that's
0: what you want to be spending your money on.
1: really. Yeah. hundred percent. What is your favorite purchase of the year? This is a purchase that I have been coveting.
0: I know mine is an item. It's the classic easy tote by Kuyana. Is that how I say that? Probably. Um, you can hit the link and take a look at it. It's basically a leather tote bag. And the thing about this is that I needed to like elevate my work bag really because I was using a backpack and I think once you hit 30 like you kind of have to reconsider that at times yes and there's something about it that I love um and it makes me feel a little more chic a little more put together and I use this bag for literally everything I use it every day so it feels like the price per wear is really solid um and I love that
1: it's so nice looking I really want one it comes in so many colors
0: Yeah, it really does. And I would say like, I treat my bags like they're, I don't even know, like trash bags. So, um, (laughs) they really like, it holds up
1: really well. Yeah. It's looking nice. Nice as the day you got it. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, so I would say if you're in the market for a bag, a work bag, whatever, um, this is great. It's, it's something that I use like 90% of the year and that to me is solid.
1: That's very, very solid. That's very
0: solid. Thank you. Um, okay, the next category here is discovery. What was your favorite discovery of the year 2023? It could be an item, a thing, a concept, whatever. Um, Totally open category. Um, I can go first for this one. I already okay. teased it up at the top. But basically, I discovered that I'm more of a literary fiction girl. And I think it's kind of all about this like, being honest with like, I I think reading is so interesting because it really is so like subjective. Like if I like books that you don't like or vice versa, like that doesn't actually mean anything about your taste or mine. Like there's Mm -hmm. so many things to read. There's so many things to like, and it's like any book that's in the world is like such a labor of love for that author. Like that author loved it. The team that put it into the world, you know, it's just like, it's this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this year, it felt really good to get a little closer to the right taste for myself. And it, it's nice to read a book and be like, I really liked that book. And so mm. I enjoyed having that feeling a little bit more. And as I reflected, it was more the books that were maybe more in this literary category as discussed above. And I look forward to to reading more and hopefully this year in 24, like getting That much like like having that percentage of five stars go up even higher.
1: I love it for you. I think thank you. I think it's the best genre. Uh, no offense to all the other genres that I enjoy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like I'll always be dabbling. I I am also kind of like beginning my sci-fi journey as Mm -hmm. as discussed here and in the news. Um, so that's been really fun. Um, but even still, like I think I enjoy the books that are just a little bit more. Serious is the wrong word because like right now I'm reading good material by Dolly Alderton which I think is going to be a five star read and like I love it so much but it's like it's the writing is amazing it's funny it's it's like that book is like when Harry met Sally you know what I mean like it's like Nora yeah. Ephron is prolific and like there are books that are in these categories or maybe like I don't know like romance or whatever that are that still have that thing that mm-hmm. is the thing that I like but i don't know exactly how to describe it um on the other side of things i also discovered the phony negroni um which is made in brooklyn by a brand i don't know how to pronounce it it's saint agustines perhaps it's a distillery in brooklyn sure. i think I for sure said that wrong <laughs> um as a person that doesn't drink alcohol it it's been really fun to like i and i i'm kind of like i don't need to drink like fake alcohol because I'm kind of like, I don't know. I just like water. Water's fine. You know, it's like I, I don't have like any uh, feelings about not drinking, but um, it's also really fun to have a drink that's like tasty and fun and not water. And so mm-hmm. I've been enjoying the Phony Negroni a lot this year.
1: They're so cute. I still haven't tried one. I should pop one open.
0: You have one in your fridge. I
1: have two in my fridge, if you can oh. believe it.
0: Yeah, I think they're really tasty. And for my Negroni people out there, like I think the reviews are in that they basically taste like a Negroni. I know. I'm like, how do how do they do it? I don't know how they do it, but it's amazing. I can't wait to try.
1: Tell me about yours. Um, mine is Quaker Meeting. Um, it's been a long time since I've had like a spiritual practice in my life. Um, as a former church goer, um. Hannah and I had a resolution in 2023 to try to go to Quaker meeting once a month. Um, I had been with her like once or twice before Um, Hannah went to a Quaker school. Um, So she loves the practice of Quaker meeting, which is basically like it's so Quaker meeting for worship is on Sundays, like your standard church practice. But um, you go into the meeting room and there's like a little a clerk who like says a couple words at the top usually just like explaining the ground rules which is that like you are sitting in silence with everyone in the room um and thinking and like letting what they call like the spirit guide your thoughts and like you receive messages some of them are just for like internal contemplation and then rarely there is a message that is intended to be shared with the group. So if you feel moved, you can get up and share what you're thinking with the room and everyone just kind of like receives your, receives your message and there's no like responding to each other. Um, so it really is kind of like a group meditation um, and often like people are saying really meaningful stuff um there is like theistic quakerism and there's also atheistic quakerism so like some of the people in the room are um believers in god and it's like a christian god like there's bible bible stuff going on and then there are some people who are just there for the practices of quakerism which like quakerism is the primary values are um social justice peace and uh loving kindness so it's a really like good vibe and there's a lot especially in i mean maybe not especially in dc but i've only been to meeting in dc and there's a lot of discussion of um like political moral questions war peace what are what's our responsibility to our fellow man um yeah, I think it's really cool as a person who like cannot meditate. Um and I'm it's fair I I know that that's like whatever. You're not supposed to like approach yourself with judgment about meditation, but <laughs> I find it very challenging to meditate by myself. Um so I find I think it's really nice to be in this room of like contemplative silence with strangers. Um and it's we've been going more often towards the end of 2023 and it's been really wonderful. I'm enjoying it a lot and it feels cool to like be becoming a part of this spiritual community which feels like kind of weird to say because it feels kind of weird to be like affiliating oneself with religion like as a person who has kind of like distanced myself intentionally from organized religion um but yeah that's something that i discovered in 2023 Um, And I do have some silly honorable honorable mentions. One of them is dots pretzels, which is a pretzel company from, I think, North Dakota. That is so fucking good. Um, They have honey mustard pretzels. They're perfect. One is a Wegmans ginger seltzer. You've heard us talk about it before. It is the best seltzer on the market. Quote me, tell anyone you want. I stand by it. Um, And the final one is slippers. Hannah got me mm-hmm. a pair of slippers for Christmas. They're like L.L. Bean slippers that everyone has. Oh, and yeah. They've changed my life. They're perfect. I never They're want to so take them good. off. My feet are warm and soft and I'm happy.
0: I love that. What a good one.
1: Thanks. What about you? You already said yours. Okay. You what's, said your, what's your favorite trip of 2023?
0: My favorite trip was once again, Cape Cod. Um, I love it there. I think you could read the newsletter to hear my thoughts on being there, but it makes me It taps into like a different side of myself that I would like to be more. And when we were on Cape Cod this summer, we decided that we were going to get married on Cape Cod. So now it's going to be a forever special place. Um, It already is, but kind of cemented in new um, traditions and all of that. So it was great.
1: I love it so much. I can't wait to go there with you guys. I
0: know. I know.
1: Um, my favorite trip was we took two trips to Taos, New Mexico this year, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> <So> crazy. <laughs> one was for a funeral, so that's less fun. Um, but the second one was for a little thing that we have we've coined we've started calling gaycation, um, which is a, a trip that we took with my friend from grad school and her wife and Hannah. Um, they're really connected to Taos. Um, They live out in Denver. Hannah is really connected to Taos. um, And it's just like a really beautiful, mountainous, glorious, deserty place that's like so, so, so different from the nature that is surrounding us all the time in Washington, D.C. And I feel really like changed by being in the mountains. So that was really special. And it was really nice to have like a week, the best part of a week with my friend Nini and her partner, Nick, who are so fun and I don't get to see enough of. So that was definitely the trip highlight, which is, and it was like a real like friend vacation and like sort of an adulty way that I think I've like never really done before for no reason. Like obviously you go on like bachelorettes or like wedding trips or whatever. But I was like, oh, this is, we're going on vacation with our friends. Like we're, this is adulting, you know, (laughs) like we're flying on a plane to do this, Um, which just feels kind of like, I don't know why that felt like, a thing that I always thought grown-ups do. And like now, I guess we're grown-ups. So that also adds adds to it. Right. So our next category is our number one recommendation of the year. Um, and Alisa has selected something really beautiful and meaningful. And I have selected something uh pretty basic. So I will start. <laughs> um, something that we started doing this year with regularity toward the end of the year is paying a professional to come clean our house on a monthly basis. Um, and I have to say like, if you are a person who is lucky enough to be able to afford to do this, um, a category that I am very recently graduated into, um, it is one of the best things I've ever spent money on (laughs) because it turns out, um, not only am I not that fond of cleaning my house, I'm also extremely unskilled at that sort of labor. Um, and I you all I don't know if we've really talked about this that much on the podcast, but um, I live with a person who is a very different level of neat than I am. Um, I am not very neat. She is very like, m- not like totally a neat Nick, but like more neat than I am. So I feel like this practice of um having our my new best friend Daisy come to our house and clean once a month has like truly been really good for our relationship. And also like, it's just a nice like reset for your house to be like, okay, now the house is at like a base level of just like clean that we can keep neat without having to like dedicate an entire weekend day every weekend to so if this is something that you've been flirting with doing I really recommend like putting in the time to find somebody who um you can support like with equitable compensation um and like honestly like people who are professionals at cleaning are not doing what you're doing like they are doing something entirely different and it is life-changing. So that's my recommendation for you. I mean,
0: this is also like a recommendation for me. I want to do this. I I really dream of this, but we do not do this. I've never gotten my apartment professionally
1: cleaned. You would love to do it. It would bring you so much joy. I'll give you Daisy's phone number. She's the best. I love her, truly. She's like such a joyful person.
0: Great. I would love that. Um, I feel like for us, the the barrier is like paying for something that you in theory can do yourself but mm-hmm. like it is true that like the way that they're cleaning is different than the way that I'm cleaning and
1: totally it's nice to
0: have that reset but it feels so like it feels extra. so like oh we
1: really don't have to pay for this like this is like a total luxury and it is a total luxury but I'm like when I tell you like I know I could spend a whole day cleaning the bathroom and it would not turn out the way that it is when she cleans it. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's like it's, you know, the like it's it's the difference between a professional and an amateur. And I'm not even an amateur. I'm like so uh, barely cleaning. Like, I think for like common spaces, whatever, like that's that's one thing. But like kitchen and bathroom, I was like, this is transformed. I am sold forever.
0: Yeah. I hate to clean a
1: bathroom. It's one of the worst things in the world.
0: I I just, like, didn't really know how to clean all that much. Yeah, and because I still you, don't.
1: you don't know, like, that it's not something that you should just be able to, like, try and succeed at. And, like, obviously, like, picking up, tidying, whatever, vacuuming, that's not hard. But, like, I don't know what, like, products to use to clean my bathroom that aren't going to, like, kill my cats and also that will kill mildew and whatever.
0: I know it's crazy, so I think skills. this is a good suggestion. I I hope to get my house cleaned maybe once or twice in
1: the new year. Yeah, quarterly, biannually. It's nice. I love it.
0: My recommendation is, as Marie teased, a little more earnest. But the first <laughs> is like take your lunch break. I think this year the big thing for me, and over the course of the last few years, if you've been with us you know this is a journey i've been on of just like separating myself from my work in terms of like where i find value where i find purpose where i find energy etc um and i think one of the best things that i did for myself this year was really establish super super clear boundaries around that which is all kind of in service of that journey um but i've been really 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 diligent about taking my lunch break. And Mm -hmm. I have kind of like, reinterpreted what that can mean for me. And lately, that's been generally like a workout class or a yoga class. And that has been really, really, really nice to be like, Mm -hmm. I'm actually like signing off so fully that my phone is not in this room. And Mm -hmm. I'm doing something entirely for myself during this time. And just kind of like, reshaping this idea that like I have to be available all the time which is something that I think is hard for me as a person that manages people like to me it's like well they need me so I need to be available Um, but it's kind of like no like I'm not I don't work in the ER like nothing Uh is really that urgent and if I get back to them an hour after they reach out that's okay. And like kind of shedding, I feel like there's this like, um, I don't know, it's like embarrassment or like, there's just like a taboo about like not being available and kind of being like, Oh, what are people going to think? Like, what are people going to say? And it's like, at the end of the day, I'm extremely available. And I know Mm -hmm. that my team would say about me that I am available when they need me. Um, and I think actually that they also do, respect that I have boundaries. Like I think it makes them feel more free to have their own boundaries, which I think is obviously extremely important, but it's like, it's just been this like mental rewiring of like, it's actually okay to like step away. And in fact, it's probably better for me and for all of the people that I work with. Um, and specifically that I direct because it gives them permission to figure out what that looks like for them. So we say it a lot here, but like take your lunch break and figure out what that version of it is for you. Like gone are the days, in my opinion of like being like, Oh my God, I didn't eat all day or I didn't go outside mm-hmm. all day. Because I was working and it's like, fuck off. Like it's just not that important at the end of the day. And like you have to prioritize your own health and your own kind of like whatever, whatever gives you energy. Um, and whatever makes you feel connected to yourself, the person outside of work
1: within the workday 100 so, percent. that's number one I do um, think like just to add one thing like thinking like when you were t- when, just talking about this always makes me think about like you know it seems like a million years ago but it really was not that long ago that our workplaces were totally dictated by a phone that was plugged into a wall and like memos that came to your desk like given to you by a person That were hard copies. And, like, if you weren't at your desk, you didn't know what was happening. And, like, the world functioned totally fine. Everything, like, kept spinning. Capitalism was fucking alive and well. Um, And so I, I sometimes I feel really, like, resentful about the fact that, like, we have to carry our office with us everywhere. And that we are, like, required to be so online. And, like, that we just literally are always connected. So I think, like, the reverse of that, though, is, like when you're if you go downstairs or go into the kitchen for an hour during the work day to make lunch or if you go to the gym or whatever like you are like more available than like you use that to your advantage you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. in the past it's like oh if you went to a work if you went to the gym during your lunch break it's like you get up you leave your desk it's 30 minutes to the gym you work out you come back it's like that added time where you're totally away but like Because we're mandated to have these devices, like you can be back online in one second if you need to be. Um, You can glance down at your phone while you're making yourself a delicious lunch and like make sure that the world isn't on fire. And I think that like that little reframe has been helpful for me that it's like this is something that is like uh, it has really changed our connectivity for the worse. I think in terms of our like personal boundaries, but like being able to to use it to like give yourself the peace of mind to actually go outside, eat something, right? Like take a little bit more distance, like give yourself a longer leash is really key to sanity. Yeah,
0: so important. And um, it's so crazy because like we are not that old, um, no. but there was a crazy snowstorm in Boston and I believe 2015. Yes. And I remember we all were like, oh, we can't work today. Like we, our work is in our office and we can't work from home. And so we didn't work. And it's like, that Mm -hmm. was not that long ago. That was nine years ago. And that's awesome. Like, and and it is crazy (laughs) that like, that is no like, did you see recently they were like, oh, there's actually like no more snow days for school because now if it snows, like you're just going to have school virtually. And it's like that is crazy. Like we just don't need to do that. I also want to acknowledge like there's a lot of um educators in my life and like I recognize that like I do have the type of job where like I have the option to think about this and do this. But there are Mm -hmm. a lot of jobs. Like if you work in a hospital or you're a teacher where it's like you literally can't step away from your work. And totally that's very real too. So I'm sorry if this is like difficult to hear or like triggering to those people. But um, or or even like shift work. Like I work at um a restaurant uh one day a week or so. And it's like I couldn't just be like, hey guys, I'm just gonna like step out. Granted, I work there for four hours a week. So it's a little bit of a different situation. But not jobs have this kind of padded ability to make it work for you. But if you are in the type of job where you have the option to kind of make it work for you, then you should. That's the recommendation. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. My other recommendation is something I was just thinking about a lot because this year I feel like I really took a journey of feeling both really, really close and connected to my friends and really distant from my friends. And a lot of that was like of my own doing because of things that I had going on in my life specifically with someone really close to me. And so it kind of like I basically was like forced to create a barrier and I didn't totally like recognize that 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 barrier was in place until it was kind of like, Mm. oh, it's been like eight months of like me feeling like I'm holding everybody at an arm's length away for reasons that are not totally my own, but like are. And, and so it's been, it was, it's an interesting year of like me now kind of being on the other side of this and being able to like, remove the barrier and assess and say like oh okay like that happened and actually like i didn't love that and being able to like more clearly discuss it with my friends and kind of like you know like come back to closeness but i think the big takeaway for me in all of that um is there's a lot of power in just being really honest with your friends and i think that that level of honesty can kind of like ebb and flow like sometimes you might be in a circumstance and and sorry to be so like vague but like you could be in a circumstance like I was in where it's like I'm not totally comfortable sharing all of the details of what my life is looking like right now mostly because it's not really my story to tell um but then when the the tides shift so to speak like being able to say hey like this is what was going on with me mm-hmm. and this is like why I wasn't really able to be maybe as present or like wasn't xyz um, i just found so much power in those conversations this year and and just being kind of like letting myself be held by the people that i feel are those people in my life that I really like trust and have the closest relationships with you being one of them Marie Um, I
1: love you
0: but just kind of like I don't know I'm somebody that I think like I identify as a person that's like very um in tune with my emotions and very honest But like when I'm like truly confronted with that specifically by my therapist, I'm like, oh, wait, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm like not sharing as much as I think I am um, sometimes mostly because I'm like, oh, well, like I don't want to like put that on someone else or like, you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. fine. But it's like actually like really, really challenging myself to be that honest um, has made me feel so much closer to the people that I really love. And I think the second part of this is like, especially with my um male friends, like mm. telling your friends that you love them to me is so important, especially because I had some like really interesting conversations with two of my closest male friends who have been my friends since we were in elementary school. So like we mm. really have been with each oh, other and back. each other. Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, I mean, it's, it's scary to say 20 plus years. Um, but we were having this conversation because I always tell both of them that I love them every time that we like part, and they say it back to me. And it's such a like, honest and like sweet exchange. And it's like, I know that they love me and they know that I love them. But we were having this conversation of like, how we all grew up and like what our house's relationships were to I love you and kind of like what their parents Mm. did or didn't say and whatever. And it was really interesting because ultimately for both of them, they were like, we didn't really like grow up saying I love you in my house. And one of them was like, I say I love you to my partner. And I like think nothing of it. Like We say it every day, but like I don't necessarily say it to most people in my life. And then my other friend who is not partnered right now was like yeah I, I feel like you're probably like the one person in my life that's like consistently telling me I love you and oh then I'm saying it back and it just was this like really meaningful to me conversation and I just thought it was like really powerful to kind of have this moment and it's like it goes with what I was saying before too because it's like obviously like this is the type of relationship where it's like, we, we had a really deep conversation about all of these things that we have been feeling and going through in our families and our lives, et cetera. And then it's almost like leaving something off. If you're like Mm. not ending that conversation with like, Hey, I love you. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sharing this with you and, and we're engaging in this way because I love you. Like I fully trust you. Like I have this relationship with you that is so meaningful to me in my life. And so I think my recommendation all in all to tie it with a bow is just like, tell your friends how you feel, whether that is your own feelings, experiences, et cetera, with honesty, and then tell them how you feel about them. Like be vocal and honest about what they mean to you and what space they hold in your life. Um, Because I think that I went from feeling very disconnected and very lonely about you know in in the early late summer early fall of this year to now feeling like so connected because I Mm. think that I have like taken those steps and that approach with like the people that are most important to me and it's been really special and you know who you are but Mm. like it's so meaningful to feel really connected to your friends
1: yeah it's the best thing in the whole world
0: Absolutely. I love that, Alisa. Thank you, Marie. You are one of my best friends. And Back I love at you, you, queen.
1: I love you. See that? We're See doing that? it. That's how you do it. <laughs> we really do love, I love you each other all the time, though.
0: I love you each other. Absolutely. It's
1: important to do it. Um, no, but
0: it makes me happy. It makes me happy, I love too. You.
1: I really, I'm the kind of I love you person that like I will accidentally say I love you to. Numerous people who I do not know, like customer mm-hmm. service agents, <laughs> per year. Like I always do it, I'm like, "Well,
0: you're like, hey, babe, I'm giving this up freely. I like, haven't heard it for, in a while. this one's
1: for free. <laughs> I could love you, I guess. Delta representative.
0: You know what? Sometimes you love them for what they've done for yeah, you. Sometimes in that you moment. really do.
1: Sometimes they really go out on a limb for you, and I love those guys. Absolutely. Um, okay, this next category I really love. I think this one is fun. I think it's fun, too. Um, So, Elisa, what completely ordinary thing are you most grateful for right now in your life?
0: Oh, this year, it's got to be the bouldering project. If you know me personally, you know that it's literally all I can think about and talk Mm -hmm. about these days. Um, I feel like a new vegan, you know, I'm like, I can only talk about being vegan, but it's the bouldering project. (laughs) Um, you all probably know because I know you're dedicated listeners, but in July, my birthday month, I made an intention for this year to be the strongest I've ever been physically and mentally. Um and I was a D one college athlete, so there have definitely been times <laughs> the bar is
1: really high,
0: or <laughs> I've been very strong. Um, but I have really, really taken this one extremely seriously, and I feel like it's now been almost six months, and I've been really, really diligently, um, working on my wellness overall. Like I've been working out a ton, and the mental has really followed. Um. But the Bouldering Project is the climbing gym that Marie and I both belong to. I've been a member there since they opened, which I think is now three years. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: until July, I never went to a single workout class at this amazing establishment. And the classes are crazy. They're They're so so great. I love the instructors. I love the community and the classes. And I think the Bouldering Project ethos in general is like, come as you are, like, it's very much like a safe space for like anyone that wants to be there. They're very, very clear about the fact that it's like a zone that welcomes everybody of any kind, like however you're expressing yourself that day, you are welcome there. And that super translates to the classes and the instructors that that they choose to lead the classes. I really like want to commend them on their dedication to diversity in like, diversity in body types, diversity in thought, diversity in experiences, diversity in perspectives. Like I feel like there's a really, really huge range in what you can get out of the classes at Mm -hmm. this gym. And it's been a really, really, really meaningful addition to my own life. And I feel like now I'm kind of in the zone where it's like, I've been going to probably like, honestly, like three to five classes a week. Like I do a, a really like big mix of like yogas and restores and cardio and strength classes. Um, but now all the instructors know me because I come regularly, and so I now have a relationship with the instructors as well as the other people in the classes. And I think, as I was saying earlier, like I was kind of like missing connection and community halfway through the year, and so this has been also huge in addition to like just deepening my personal relationship um and I feel like it's just really given me the opportunity to like flex back into and I've talked about this on this pod a lot like I feel like two years ago I was like oh I want to like swim again I want to be like that girl again and Mm -hmm. like this has been my first like truly honest commitment to that and like it feels so good to tap into this version of myself that I just let lie dormant for a decade um Mm. and I think it's really reminded me that like I am a natural athlete. Like there are are so many things, especially in the cardio and strength because I grew up swimming. Like I didn't really do a ton of um, dry land. We call it like cross training. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't really like hit the gym all that much. So there's a lot of stuff in the gym or with weights or, you know, uh, equipment that like I'm not actually familiar with. And so it's been really cool to like learn new stuff but also be like okay I'm getting all of this on the first try because my body is ultimately like inclined to all of this type of movement and that's been just so empowering so I've loved the bouldering project I love going there I go there literally every day and it's really nice also to feel like I'm really getting all the bang from my buck because before yeah. I was climbing like you know three to four days a week maybe on a good week but now it's like I'm tre- really like paying five cents a visit at this point it feels like
1: yeah I cannot believe that I used to not go to the classes it's like
0: I know what were
1: we thinking and I, I don't know They're I so knew about good. them because Kristen a friend of the pod has been going to the yoga classes forever and she was always like oh come with me come with me and I was like eh, whatever like I have peloton yoga I can do at home like I don't need to go but when you were like I'm going to the classes like it makes it worth the money that's like you know that's my siren song so I was like okay I'll come and the yoga I've only been to yoga but I will second what you said like I think that it's like some of the best yoga I have done and like I think that the vibe is just like I hate a class that's like too serious where like you can't like giggle if something happens or like the instructor doesn't feel like they can like make a joke and I feel like the it's like the this is the kind of class where like it's everyone is like you know there to be Everyone's being serious, like everyone's there for whatever reason they're there for, but it's like not pious and it's like fun and it can be silly and everyone's just kind of like the camaraderie vibes are really there, like you said. So hundred percent.
0: I think the general like ethos of all of the classes is like, just do whatever you want. here. Oh. Like, like be whoever you are, like do the most, do the least, like, and all of that is perfect. Like that is we support all of that here. Um Yeah. Which is interesting because I think it's like my vibe is very much like you could scream at me and tell me to keep going. Like, that's fine. Um, but I think for a lot of people, it's like I just if I'm there, like that's all I did it. So like, just let me do whatever I'm here to do once I'm here. And I think that that creates a, a very healthy
1: environment. Yeah, Absolutely absolutely
0: yeah i love it there it's a really um, good
1: vibe if you're in northeast dc or if you don't mind a little trek to the gym like it's really worth it and the, and the rock climbing is really fun too like it's fun. so cute and right now there are a lot of children rock climbing um i don't know oh, if it's, it's like so a new cute. year thing but like it is filling my heart with joy it's so freaking adorable
0: yeah, the other thing is Bouldering Project is um Oh yeah, it's it's they national have other locations. Yeah, yeah. So like you might live in a city with a bouldering project, and I bet the classes are just as great.
1: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good establishment.
0: Yeah. So I've been really grateful for that and loving it. And it's it honestly feels nice to regularly work out in a way that I really haven't
1: in years. You're inspiring me. Thank you. It's fun. It's fun. Um, okay, I feel like I've been talking about a lot of ordinary things on this recap episode, which is interesting to reflect on. But I have two more ordinary things for you. Um, the it. first one is for any cat owners in the streets. I don't know mm-hmm. if we have cat owner listeners, but I don't feel like I share yeah, cat for sure, recommendations that much. Me. Yeah. Um. So really quickly – this year we have two cats we purchase and they're both like pretty enthusiastic in the litter box in terms of like really just like going to town, kicking the litter around. So I was like, was, what does that mean? They just like okay, did one of my cats it. like digs for fun in the litter box. And so like when we mm-hmm. had a regular litter box, she was always kicking litter out of the door. And it was like a constant battle of like vacuuming. And like it was making me very upset. Mm-hmm. all the time so we got this litter box called the mod cat uh top entry litter box so it has like the door is on the roof of the litter box and it is a total game changer like if you have cats you have to buy this it's expensive i apologize but it's like worth every penny so that's my but it number... sounds like it saves you time it saves you time it saves it saves me like angst like i was so angsty about mm-hmm. our old litter box all the time so this was a this is a worthwhile investment and then the other one, which is a much more accessible and for everyone recommendation is, um, I so at some point this year, or maybe it was even last year, because um, I forgot about it. I purchased a tiny digital clock from Ikea, like in the checkout aisle. It's like literally $2. Because um, I'm like, oh, I want to be like an alarm, like an like alarm clock person. I don't want to be a phone person, whatever. And then I immediately forgot about it. And at some point early this year or midway through the year, I found it in my office and I was like, "Well, I'll just put this on my nightstand and maybe I'll like, maybe I'll start using it as an alarm, maybe not. And I actually have not started using it as an alarm. I still use my phone, but it has really changed the way that I use my phone in the morning because like it changes like my wake up routine. Like when I wake up, when I used to wake up before I had the clock, I would be like, oh no, like what time is it? Like I need to like look at my phone to see what time it is. And then once you look at your phone and it's in your hand. For me, it's really hard not to like open all the texts, read, reply, open all the slacks, read, reply, like go on Instagram, whatever. Just like do kind of like a full audit of like notifications that you missed while you were offline. Um. So having this little clock just there to be able to be like, oh, it's only 8.15. Like I'm just going to like pick up my book and read a chapter has like kept me from my phone a little bit longer than I would normally in a way that is like totally uh, in a very small way transformative without having any barrier to entry, basically. Like I know that like for me, it's hard. It would be I would be I think the transition fully to having my phone out of my room and relying on an alarm clock to wake up at this point would be a little stressful because I'm like a really chronic snoozer And I don't trust the alarm clock in the same way that I trust my phone, whatever. Like it's just like it's a big deal to get up on time and I will sleep in if I'm not awakened by a device. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like if you are a person who's like, oh, I wish I could do that, but I'm like, I know I'm not going to do that. I think getting a little clock just so that you're not like relying on your phone to see what time it is can maybe change like even just like 15 minutes of your morning, which for me really kind of like. Can alter the cadence of my whole day. So, you, this this piece can be yours for one ninety nine from IKEA,
0: and that is a pretty good price.
1: That is a good. That's the that's the lowest price you're gonna find on any recommendation. Pretty much that we ever <laughs> give.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds great, though. I do think that the way that you start your morning really affects your whole day. Totally. I it's been said before, but like it's so true. And it's like that. Like you were just saying, like that fifteen minutes. Is so yes. critical. Like if, if I wake up in the eight o'clock hour, like literally if I wake up at seven 50 versus eight o'clock, that's totally different in yeah. the way that I feel
1: about that. And my day is totally different. Yeah. I think that like, and I don't want to like, sound, I, I want to be clear that I'm like, I definitely am like a morning scroller. And like, I have spent a lot of time in my life, like beating myself up about that. And like, I do think and know factually that it is very very bad for me- for one's brain to do that and also like I'm trying to give myself like uh, like options that are not so extreme like I'm really like a so extreme solutions person in a way that like never works right like I'm like oh I'm gonna like <laughs> not look at my phone for an hour the first thing every morning and like i'm going to do all these things and i'm going to totally like upend my life and like change the vibes and i'm going to like heal myself and it's just like that's not sustainable it's like not reasonable um yeah. so i feel like that just i think honestly just being like if i can buy myself 15 10 to 15 quiet extra quiet minutes without having to like engage with a screen like that is a win um totally. and i i think it can i think it does actually can add up to something I know that it does. Thanks. It's the building blocks. It's the Legos, you might say. Oh, yeah. I would say. There's some Lego building going on in my house these days. Oh. Thanks to Elisa and Erica.
0: Love to hear that. Hannah's on her non-screen. Hannah's on her Erica
1: hobby journey. The Erica Davin hobby journey. She finished that video game. Oh, my God. I was like, okay, congratulations.
0: Erica is like a professional hobbyist. Honestly, I know that she really has so many
1: hobbies, and she's so like. It's funny because like she isn't like. How do I phrase this? We are sort of (laughs) professional hobbyists, and we're very
0: loud. We have almost
1: no overlap with Erica's hobbies on this podcast. Like, we don't really talk about the kind of like hobbies that she's working on for the most part. But she has like such a rich, (gasps) hobbying lifestyle. Um, oh, yeah. and like, she doesn't need anyone to know about it. Like, she's just like, I'm gonna do my thing. Meanwhile, we're like, have you heard that we are readers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're two different types of girls. I will tell you that Erica is she's on a big reading journey as well. Um, and last it. year she read, I want to say 28 books, but she reads like she's a fan to see, she's like, oh, this book is
1: 1400 page. Right. <laughs> I was going to say those books are fucking girls. long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So we maybe read a comparable amount of pages. Um, yes. I read a hundred and I believe 12 books, and she read uh, 28, and uh, they might be the same.
1: So, you know what? No, I she's, didn't... she's
0: definitely on a reading journey.
1: I love it. I love it. I have to give, Um, I have a book. I found a book that she lent me that I need to give her back that reminds me. Oh, great. This year, I'm going to read some fantasy. I think it would be fun. I think you will like it. Um, I do like I like there when I like a fantasy book. I really like it because it is just such delicious escapism.
0: I mean, it's literally another world. And that's kind of nice.
1: It is nice. This world is no good.
0: No, it's really not. Um, And speaking of, we (laughs) are really excited about, about 2024 in the spare time universe. Yes, we are. And one of the things that we love, and we think that you love too, is our moods, Monday moods.
1: We haven't done them on Monday all that much recently, but you may remember that we began putting our little mood board collages online every Monday, and it's really fun and joyful. And we were thinking about um, last year, we did like an ins and outs list. And it seems like for whatever reason, everyone did that again this year, which I think, I thought that I thought we all kind of like mutually agreed that that was like a one time thing, (laughs) but I guess not. (laughs) That's definitely how I thought about it. I thought it was done. I thought it was long over by the time we did it. So I was very surprised (laughs) to see it happening again this year. So we're not going to do ins and outs. We're going to give you some, some mood inspo for 2024, some of our favorite moods that we hope to encounter in this next year. Mm hmm. Do you want to start? Should we just fire them off?
0: Yeah, let's fire them off. Um, The first mood is sunlight flooding the kitchen after a few rainy days. Is there anything better? You're like sitting there with your coffee in the morning, getting ready
1: to face the day, and you're like, oh, it's sunny. Yeah, I love it so much. Uh, Feeling a little manic in the car and blasting a crazy song that you forgot about until that very instant. This happened to me recently with I Got a Feeling by oh the Black Eyed Peas.
0: I mean, I think we could also say the mood is like that moment with that song in the moment. You know, the song right yes. now that you're like, in 10 years, I'm going to have this experience too. Because like, I remember blasting I Got a Feeling in the car. It's 2009, summer 2009. Oh, yeah. And I'm driving to the beach with my friends and we're listening to this on a mix CD that my crush made me at the That's time. That's right.
1: That's right. That's right. And it's like,
0: is there a better vibe than that? And you're like,
1: you know what? Tonight is going to be a good night, Will. I am. You're so right about that. It's so good. And just like that crazy feeling of like being in the car with somebody that's also like in the same kind of like kooky mood that you're in is like the best ever.
0: 100 percent or the feeling of like sitting in a car and there's a song and you're like i actually can't leave the car me and this other person we're in a mutual silent agreement that we can't leave the car until the song ends you and
1: i do that, that good. all the time of course a little just drive around the block a couple of times we're like
0: take another lap still going it's
1: not done we got to get to the bridge yeah um a similar mood i think just a different location sitting on the couch having the giggles about nothing with your friends like just not being able to stop laughing the best
0: We've been poisoned.
1: We've been poisoned. If you were there, you remember it. The year was, the year was 2019.
0: Yeah. So important. Um, the next one is so good. Um, I feel like I What?
1: I was going to say, I felt like you would feel this on a spiritual level.
0: Oh, getting complimented by a child, which for me, I, I have the joyful position to, to be experiencing this fairly regularly with my cutie little nephews. Um, yesterday i was uh babysitting and my little nephew beau three and a half he was like ollie tonight i'm gonna dream about you because oh, i don't want you to leave
1: oh that's so cute he <laughs> loves you guys so much
0: i know and i i would like to publicly declare that um henry my he's almost too crazy that um, is crazy he, he hasn't been saying my name for all of these years that he's been alive he just like will not say it and it Mm -hmm. almost became a joke where we would be like who's that and he'd say no um (laughs) but he did as of this last week officially uh declare a name for me and it is lala
1: no yeah that's so cute. Yesterday
0: we left and like the door closed and we could hear on the other side of the door. He was like,
1: la la. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, like, I love you. Wow. Um, that is freaking wholesome. I just feel like I don't have any like little kids who talk really in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes but when I Brucey
0: get... talks, it's oh going to be
1: I great. I fucking wait. But sometimes I get like a random compliment from a kid, like on the street, like a kid will be like, I like your hat. And you're like, So good compliment is like completely like it's the it's the children will give you the only completely earnest zero zero motive. All just like all truth compliments that you will ever receive in your life. And it is like so cute. Mm -hmm. My boss my boss has three little kids. And the other day they like burst into his office when we were on Zoom and he like muted himself and whatever dealt with them and then came back on and he was like. Ada who's like I don't know he's his oldest daughter she's like 8 I think was like "ish can she hear us?" and he was like "no I muted her" and he goes she goes "she's really pretty. Tell her she's really pretty." Oh. <laughs> I was like that is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my Entire life.
0: You're like, I will never forget this moment, Ava. No,
1: I will not. I don't know what it is. Oh. It's just like
0: kids oh. are just like,
1: they don't say it for any reason other than that they think it's true. Like, whatever, your hat's cool or like they're going to dream about you. Like, it's just like that is the best feeling. More totally manifesting, agree. more compliments from children. I can't wait to be complimented by Brucey for the first time. Whenever he decides to speak to me, I'm like, I'll die.
0: It's going to be a good compliment. He's so cute
1: dude he's he's beyond this is my also
0: cute little shout out to fushu yes check it out um in our gift guide this year and every year honestly we love fushu here but i just fushu listen to this pod so yes
1: <laughs> fushu sophie mother okay. of brucey yes listen to this pod <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen up, Sophie. Um, For Christmas this year, I got fushu from my sister. And I said, is this fushu? She said, yes, I love fushu. She was like, this is Marie's friend. She was like, explaining fushu to me. She was like, this is Marie's friend. I love all of her stuff. She was like, I placed a huge order of all these things for myself and for my gifts. And I was like, I'm so happy. I'm I'm thrilled. I was like, I actually know about fushu. Thank you. You're like Sasha. Um, I can tell
1: that you didn't read our gift guide, but I do love. I'm that like, you love i like, I
0: have purchased fushu myself, but thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so cute.
0: So, you know what? The youth loves fushu, and for that, Sophie, congratulations.
1: Mazel tov, Sophie. You, Gen the Gen Z market is yours for the taking, and that's um, huge. Another mood for 2024 that I hope to witness and feel in my heart many times is when you're at a concert and the it's the moment in between songs but then the first notes of the next song play and you see Mm. two friends that you don't know look at each other with that face that's like oh my god this is our song I just like it's the best to I love to witness other people witnessing their favorite song at a concert like it's so vulnerable and moving to me I just it. I love a
0: concert also, like, seeing people cry at a concert, like, like the experience of being around people that are moved by something that you
1: are also experiencing is, yes. like, the best. Yes. And, like, I feel like it's just, like, you can tell when somebody's, like feels the same line that you feel right like you're like oh Mm -hmm. I love this line and then you see like the person in front of you kind of like clutches the person that they're with at that same moment and you're like oh yeah like you know that's the line like we all know that's the line it's just like there's so it's such a like overflowing with magic a good concert and I love that it's the it's the ultimate mood
0: oh it's the ultimate mood also being really cozy and reading a book you can't stop thinking about oh, or good. just like the experience of like sitting down and reading a book cover to cover because like you have nothing yes. else to do but also there's nothing else that you want to do
1: yes or like it's like it's honestly like there's nothing else you can do like you cannot like there are there have been a couple books that I've been reading recently that I like catch myself like I'm reading downstairs and I have to go to the bathroom and I'm like carrying the book up the stairs reading it while I'm walking up the yes. stairs to go to the bathroom and it's like I actually physically cannot be parted from this book and that is the best.
0: I just read a book that made me feel like that that I think is so good um good material by Dolly Alderton. I think I it comes out it. in like 2 weeks in the US. Um it was so good and I just was like I never want this book to end. And that's the best feeling ever. It
1: is the best feeling ever. It is the best feeling ever. And then The final mood for 2024, which I'm manifesting for myself over and over again because I fucking love this. The special satisfaction of finishing something like a jar Mm. of something or a tube of something. I just. Is there anything better than being like I used this whole thing and I loved it and like, look, there's like history of my life in this like moisturizer, empty moisturizer or this like empty chili crisp or whatever. Um, especially with like, a, you with like that a mayo. jam. Oh my God. The mayo is going to be a really satisfying day. I can't wait. I mean, I can wait because I don't want it to come too soon. Like that's a little <laughs> scary, but I'm going to have to do something special with that big jar of mayo.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's going to be a, a vase.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to maybe I'll like plant something in it.
0: That could be really oh special. Oh my
1: God. Um, I I feel like we should do, we talked about this a little bit, but like sharing some of our like empties at the end of 2024.
0: Oh yeah. I definitely would love to do that. I feel like I've really like paired back my products. Like I'm like I actually don't really like need anything um beyond the basics is my for, for skincare. MO. Yeah, skincare, hair care. Like I'm just kind of like I just need like moisturizer, honestly. And, yeah. And I, I need I've, it
1: to be really good. I've definitely dialed back a little bit on the skincare. I'm still sort of like tinkering because I'm not totally sure what is my, I don't know. Winter skin is like, I feel like I'm a whole different girl.
0: Oh, yeah. My skin is currently
1: exploding. Extremely dry. But I do feel like I figured out my hair, which is exciting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's been a while. Um, Your hair but,
0: has been looking awesome.
1: Thank you. I'm feeling really good about it. Um, But even like, you know, whatever, jam or like... I don't know what other what other food products last a long time in your fridge, like pickles. Yeah, I just love to finish stuff. It's like capers. it's just, you know, capers, olives. It's like the same. It's like the same family of satisfaction as when you pick the perfect size Tupperware for something, yeah. and it's like full just to the brim, and you're like, perfect. It's like the so opposite good. of that feeling. Yes. <laughs>
0: But it's so, so satisfying. Do you think you're going to empty all of your bum bon mama from your little oh cow?
1: God. I mean, I do think that we're going to because of the person that I've chosen to spend my life with. Like, yes. she will finish them all. Um, I don't know what we're going to do Respect. with all those tiny little jars. They're pretty fucking cute. I did get some fresh nutmeg seeds, question mark, nuts, I guess. Yeah. Um, and two of them fit perfectly in one of those jars. And I said awesome that's really nice so i'm to join me on my journey to figure out how to use those tiny little jars they're great for salad dressing if you eat lunch like out of your house but i don't or like so. salt yeah flaky sea salt for in your purse i actually put some like products in mine yeah and a couple of them for like carry on that like my like hair cream i was like whatever this is hope this doesn't shatter but
0: i have to tell you i still have some from last year which i think probably shouldn't be eaten but the jars can be used
1: I mean, they probably could be eaten, but it doesn't seem like you're going to be the one to eat them. I'll say it.
0: Well, some of the flavors, I just was like, like sorry, I don't even want to try this. Like, kiwi, no.
1: Banana. No. I did eat the banana one. I didn't like it, but, yeah. you no. know, the risk is low. One piece of toast, but I'm like, they shouldn't put that banana flavor in the advent calendar next year. I'm going to go right out and say it. Yeah. It's not good. Nobody wants banana jelly. I'm like, bone mama, if you're listening, no more banana. Thank you. All right.
0: Well, with that really important uh, call out. Yeah, that
1: feels a little, a little anticlimactic to end on, but um, we did it. We did
0: it. 2023.
1: I mean, the ultimate, the ultimate best of the year is getting to do this podcast and like having, Ah. I like really do love. And, like, am constantly delighted by learning that people are listening and, like, talking. I I feel like I get into deeper conversations with my friends and family who listen because of the podcast. And it just, like, is so cute and fun to hear that folks are enjoying it. And it is so cute and fun to make the podcast. And it's a forever best of the year for me to do this project with you, Alisa.
0: Ah. It is really the best. And thank you everyone who listens, vibes, et cetera. Uh, We love it. It's fun. I think that 2024 is going to be a big year for the pod. I'll say it.
1: We'll go right out and say it. I think so too. Fun and exciting stuff is coming your way, our way, the way towards us in our spare time.
0: (laughs) A hundred percent.
1: And until next time. Thank you for spending your spare time with us in 2023.